This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. And again, summer. Summer isn't blazing at the moment. It's been very it pleasant. Been far too hot, so probably that's your pleasant. Well, you, you've got a nice little cellar to, to, to dwell in, and you do, don't you? And, and a shady room. Ah, uh, well, by a babbling brook. No, no, the, no. I'm by the <laughs> by a babbling brook. railway line, mostly. Um, and uh, this this week, what are we bringing the good folk this week? A review. Yeah, a, a substantial role-playing game by, by uh, a, a well-known author, which, yeah, let's see what we think of it. Uh-huh. Also, uh, we talk about uh, scruples, where you can keep them, and whether you should have them in the first place. And finally, enthusiasm. New game. New game. Yes, yes, get something done. I have got around to it. It's right here somewhere. Hurrah! <laughs> Onward. I am still filling some of the days stuck at home being um, a wallflower, or whatever the word is for somebody who who stays at home and um, sensible person. Sensible person, yes, that's true. <laughs> under current circumstances, um, by buying lots of games and trying to read them. One of my first impulse uh, purchases was the Yellow King role playing game by Robin D. Laws. Um, this is a gumshoe um, campaign, really. Um, a series of interlinked um, settings around the uh, four stories uh, which um, Robert W. Chambers wrote um, at the turn of the century or slightly before? Slightly before. Slightly before. Um, when um, Partly inspired by his time as an art student in Paris. Um, and then he came home and wrote this, and not a lot else that's fantastical. But as the book is at pains to tell you, don't read anything else. They say they're all terrible. Well, I'm sure there must be someone somewhere who lo- lo- loves loves them. I mean, he had a career. But the idea is that there is a play which, if you read it, or worse yet, if you get to see it performed, fills your mind with another reality or with ideas about another reality. The narratives of the four stories are all utterly unreliable. And um, at least one of the uh, one of the narrators is, is, is described as being off his nut. Um, but, but it's a play, uh, The King in Yellow, um, which is uh, set in a horrible alternate fantasy world um, of Carcosa by the Lake of Harley, where the sky is white and the stars are little black pulsing dots. And it starts, to, if you read the book, and, or if other people read the book, that universe starts to intrude into yours. And what we have here is four linked um, settings. The first in 1895 uh, Paris, where you are playing art students and um, other American hangers-on. Um, in, so in so the... there's a sudden overlap with Dreamhounds of Paris here. Yeah, uh, there's a, and there's a uh, uh, there, there's de- decadence and what have you. 
in the uh, in the in the background, and the ultimate decadence is you've allowed this thing in, and it's destroying the universe. Um, so you you are are these art students, and you're dashing about trying to stop the growing influence of the Yellow King and Carcosa. Well, in, presumably in, uh, it's starting with. Uh, there is there is something weird going on. You'd better look into it, and it will gradually become apparent. Yeah, yeah. In, in each of the settings, the characters are, are given a weird thing that has happened to them, or rather, they or they make it up, and uh, and that's the thing that has already drawn them into investigating the strange. To to mention the source material briefly, um, this is this will be familiar to most people if they know it at all um, via H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, mm-hmm. He included. Uh, elements from the King in Yellow in The Whisper in Darkness, which yeah. is one of the foundational Cthulhu Mythos stories. Uh, doing doing the thing he usually did, and indeed what Chambers usually did, of, of throwing out references without any intention of actually following them through. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the old uh, giant rat of Sumatra trick. Uh, so Lovecraft link, links that to Hastor, but um, as far as I can see, what, what uh, Robin's doing here is just just using um the the chambers stories as as yeah. his foundational myth, and then obviously building on top of those to oh no to, yeah to the, uh, um but but there's no Hastor here for example no i it, it struck it's it struck me as odd after having read this uh, to remember that uh, marion zimmer bradley had harley and Car- harley and casilda and camilla Baked into her Darkover books. Well, they, they, and, they, these and, were written in the now, days. Knowing what, knowing what I now know about Marion Zimmer Bradley, that's a really worrying thought. But also, these were written in the days when, when you weren't expected to trademark every, every original name you came up with and, and sue people if they threatened to use it. No, well, I think he, I think he was long dead enough by the time she was writing in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, but you know. Robert Howard incorporated large chunks of uh, Lovecraft and vice versa, and and, no, yeah. and that was fine. You try doing that now, and you'll get sued to buggery. Anyway, um, oh, well, anyway, Robin, Robin is doing is doing the the pure initial myth, yeah, um, and using it very lightly um, to to imply that there's something bigger and more terrible behind the horrors. The second book is set during. Um, the Continental Wide War in Europe in 1947. It's not our Second World War or our First World War, but a, a huge mess between nations and alliances that uh, don't really exist in our in our universe, and which maybe. have been going on for maybe. Well, that that that's where I I start to have some problems with it because on, on the one hand, it, it it's very clear that. Um, one of the things they're trying to stop happening is the player who actually knows about the Second World War saying, "Well, actually, the, 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 this sort of tank works like that." Now, I don't my think my feeling is that they say this explicitly. All um, right. My my feeling is that if you have players who disrupt a game like that, you need better players. But anyway, um, there, there's some stuff where they say, "Don't bring in real world Nazis because you don't want people saying, well, this world is pretty horrible, but at least it doesn't have mass industrial slaughter.'" Yeah, which uh, is fine, but then in the NPC list, there's this guy Otto Scorzani. I wonder where I wonder where he came from. In among all the fictional characters, completely unlabeled. All right, uh, yeah. let, let me finish describing the setup before we get to heavy criticism. Okay, okay. Um, and the third book is all right. The 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 the, the World War book is all about 
trudging across this devastating Europe and finding even worse things um, to, uh, uh, to, to frighten you and terrify you. The third book is in the in the first of the of the stories um, about the King in Yellow, uh, the repair of reputations. Uh, the narrator, who is probably utterly bonkers, uh, believes that he has the right to become the emperor of America. And in the third book, it's the modern day after they've overthrown um, his his um, imperial line, um, which has used the powers of Carcosa and the Yellow King to uh, create a tyranny. Um, and you are people trying to clean up the mess left behind by the occult um, by, by the occult events and get America back onto some sort of regular basis and and refound the republic or and or do what you you think is proper for the future yeah i i think this is a very bold move and i mean that in both both the uh, ironic and and the literal sense uh it it basically yes you're you're investigating weird stuff but you you have these conflicting goals and one one of the elements that's clearly meant to be a big part of this this phase of the game is politics mm. Yeah. Are are we going to keep the public suicide chambers open or are we going to close them down? Um it is one we, one of several things that, that is intended yeah. to be a tension between player characters, and neither of these is presented as the obvious right proper thing to do. No, and there, there there's half a dozen uh one side or the other choices uh to be made and, and you, you get to Figure out um, how you really feel about these hypothetical situations, um, and that, that I think could be interesting, in, very interesting to play. It could also bore a lot of players rigid. Um, the final book is "This Is Normal Now," uh, which is set in our present day, sort of. None of the um, none of the events of the previous books, except maybe the first one, have made it into history. Yeah, there, um, there, there was an 1895 Paris, but history after that is basically as we know it. Yeah, except that the the the, the strange things, the Carcosan things, are now bleeding into reality, and and there are massacres by monsters, which most people just say, "Oh, that's one of those things," and ignore. But you're not one of those people. And you find yourselves uh, getting involved in the weird shit in the present day as if the eruption of Carcosa is starting now. Now, i got to admit that I have only read about uh, 60 to 70% of this um, because I found it hard going. Um, my first criticism is that each one presents only one adventure set in that particular um, uh, sub-universe. Yeah, I, th I think this is somewhere between what we conventionally think of as an RPG and a campaign pack. Yeah. yeah. The, all right, the, it, it, it's scaled for half-size pages in terms of the amount of text on each page, but there are still 776 of them in the, in the four PDFs. Uh, and in spite of that, the GM is going to have to do a lot of work to add adventures, yeah. I mean, as as you say, you've got the one the one full length one laid out with the plot details and so on. You've got 
what five ten adventures um, summaries. Yeah, that, uh, that but I, then... I didn't feel that there was the structure there to uh, to build it up uh, to to make easy writing your own um, writing your own uh, campaign out of what's there. Um, you you and... also have a bunch of options. Um, looking at the war, for example, yeah. um, there are four or f- yeah, obviously the king in yellow is in some way behind the war because that, yeah. that's the that's the premise of the game. But there are three or four different ways in which that might actually be taking place, mm. and that they are laid out, and you're you're encouraged to choose one. Um, but that what that means is that anything else can't anything else that's written can't engage with that because it doesn't know which option you've chosen. Yeah, and and there are three or four in that one particular. There are three or four ways of being in the service. One of which is you've been ordered to report to a euthanasia factory and are taking your time about it. Mm. Gosh, that's a cheerful thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed that there's some very careful stuff to um, for ways that suggest that the GM can hint. Okay, you shouldn't just roll up there. You, you should actually, you know. Delay a bit. <laughs> that, that's yeah. the premise of the campaign, guys. <laughs> okay, the it's yeah. I don't. They are publishing more material for it. There will be other adventures, I believe, for the uh, for the four sub settings. Yeah, though, though consider again um, the 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 war frame. Hmm. You're encouraged to split up Europe in your own way. I mean, the the default is, yeah. is that the PCs are French, and therefore France is on the side of slightly less yellow king-ish than the other side. Uh, um, yeah. In, 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 no, that, in the worst like case. Um, but what any other country is doing is entirely up to the GM, and, and therefore, and let's say I wanted to write an adventure for this, I would have to write it as the enemy soldiers do this, and I couldn't say whether they're German or French or Austrian or Italian or, you know, whatever else. Yeah, well, I maybe part of yeah. It's not quite that it doesn't matter, but the overwhelming thing is not all in the in this setting. All hope of victory has been um, abandoned long ago. The war isn't going to isn't going to end with one side conquering the other. And if if Carcosa is on one side, is if Carcosa is on both sides, uh, Camilla and Casilda, and maybe their father fighting it out for dominance. Uh, then, it, then the, the thought of then who's on the other side sort of fades in significance. Yes, except it, it means your your human stories can't go outside your own side. You 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 can't mm. talk to an enemy soldier and realise that hang on, he's been told exactly the same propaganda you have. Well, you can't unless yeah. you specialise that for the particular campaign. Yeah, for, well, for your you specific instance of it, you have to. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think in actual play. It's um, it's going to be that uh, that important. Sure. Well, well, sorry. What I'm trying to get at is that if if you publish an adventure for it, that's, oh, yeah. that's not going to be a ready to run adventure. The GM is still going to say, okay, in my campaign, those, those particular bad guys are the British, and therefore they will act like this, or you know, that yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. That. All right. Let me. Let's. Look, having said all that about the whole thing, I got to say, yeah, I, I'm going to use your word. Word. It's a very bold. Um, it's a very bold decision. I'm the the problem is problem is not just the lack of support. It's it's the scale of doing all four that is um, daunting me a lot. 
Yeah, there, there are suggestions that you, you, you have. Uh, you, you can obviously build your own characters, but the suge- there are some suggested templates for each one. You know, in 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 1895 France, one of you should be the portrait painter, for example. Yeah, uh, and, and there are then links. So so yeah. uh, when when you get to war, then the the player who played the, the portrait painter should play this particular archetype in the next yeah. one. Um, and it's, it's not suggesting they are they are necessarily descendants of the characters or anything like that. Though obviously they could be, but it's saying it, the person who takes the same sort of role in the party should be playing. Yeah, you know. I think I think what they're trying to hint at is, uh, is each of the characters in each of the settings is a different incarnation, a different. D- well, not really. A, di- a different. A dead. He wants the echoes of what they learned in the previous uh, games to 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 continue into the into the later ones and and for uh, names and uh, characters of NPCs to flow over and um, and be they're definitely um, different um, aspects of the same not uh, eternal hero or whatever. Um, are going on. It's, I'm not sure that's explicit, but there's certainly a, a feeling of continuity implied. Yeah. And this is a, a very grand and very bold idea. I'm just not sure uh, I could ever sell it to anybody as a as a campaign. Well, let, let's look at the system for a moment because it it's, it's, seems to be an interesting hybrid. It's stop. It, it is presented as being a streamlined gum tree, but obviously we, what we have here is some elements of one to one as well. Yeah, I, um, I'm not sure which came first, one to one or or the or gum. Well, one to one was published first, but well, conceptually, yeah, I'm not uh, sure. So we we have there there are some very interesting changes. Um, yeah, yeah, you you get the injury and shock cards, which are basically a generalization of the the one to one. Things went badly. You take this card. That's fair enough. Yeah, um, you make a single roll for an entire combat. Rather, rather than rolling to hit people, which does, to be fair, fix one of the big problems in Gumshoe, which is that if you're in a fight and exchange more than two or three blows, you just run out of ability. Yeah. Um, but investigative spends, this is a quite small change that I think makes a huge change to the game. It, it, they become pushes. In other words, you, you don't spend yeah. points off your investigative ability anymore. You spend points out of your general push pool. Pool of pushes, yeah. In other words, they're explicitly now spotlight points. They, 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 these are your chances to do something impressive. Mm. And um, there, there, there's a, there's a, a big section in, in in the fourth book about how Gumshoe is wonderful and other games just don't get it, which never mentions this. It, it's always saying my my big revel my big revolution is making sure the players get the clue. Yeah. And it never mentions spotlight sharing, even though that's what mechanics actually point you to. I, I am not, I am not sure at all sure this this sort of thing feels totally different from the spending of a Benny in um, for a reroll in uh, in Fate or uh, or Savage Worlds. It's uh, uh, my players tend to hoard um, things like pushes mm-hmm. and say, "Am I going to need this now? Should I spend this now?" It's a it doesn't help them make decisions. It makes them all um, cautious and holding back and things. And and the yeah. value the, t- the, 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 the value of the push on the market 
is not at all clear to me. I'll tell you what's worse. Um, when this sort of thing first came out, for example, in Torg, which probably wasn't the first system to do it, but it was yeah. one of the first that I, I met, any points you didn't spend to do awesome stuff in the session were your experience points for improving your character. So you have even more reason not to spend them in the session. So, uh, some versions of HeroQuest did that as well. I think Robin's regretted that since now. Since I, I, th I think it has been generally accepted that if you give players a resource, that they're not going to spend it unless they have to. Uh, yeah. Um, but, and my my yeah. feeling about the, the shock uh, system is that it somewhat ties your hands when it comes to improvising. It, there are there are part, definite paths written through... Well, maybe it's gumshoe in general. There are different paths written through the scenario from where you go to A, you find out, find out a thing one, you go to B, you find out thing two, you may, you get this result or that result. And, and handing out the, the, the shock and, um, uh, the shock and, uh, injury cards is very prescriptive. It, it's this result for that encounter. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and and I, I noticed where you get some of the weird weapons that, that, you know, change your worldview or something of that sort. There, there is a card you get if you get a minor wound from this thing. Yeah, and uh, that uh, that that makes it difficult for me to imagine improvising my way, um, in a way that it's not with a more simulationist uh, uh, system. Um, in a more simulationist system, I would have the support of numbers and um, and and tables, but here. If something weird happens that hasn't been planned for, I find myself thinking, um, should I use one of the existing cards? That Oh, should I make something up, or what should I do? Yeah, there, there are some notes in, in one of the books on how to create your own cards, but this is not mm. something that you can really scribble down the middle of a session. Yeah, um, I, I would feel... Maybe I, I, I would feel differently if I had more experience with the, with the system. I am. I. I can understand the attraction of this system. I can understand perfectly well how why Robin wrote it. I'm just and and a, a round of applause and general um, uh, general approval of him for doing doing it. But I'm just not sure I could ever um, I could ever run it um, as a as a as a camp as a campaign. I'm not sure I could run any one of the four parts let alone um, the whole damn thing. Well, I think running any of them individually without the intention of running the others would, would be, to some extent, to miss the point. Um, the grand yeah. conceit of this... Of this I, it, it's, yeah, I, I can't call it a campaign pack, and I can't really call it an RPG, um, though obviously you could stretch out one of the settings indefinitely mm. if you wanted to. Um, no, well, the, he, he gives... Various points at which now you should cut it short. Now you should go on to the next thing. Yeah, but but in theory, if if I wanted to use this to run occult investigators in eighteen ninety five Paris until the players got bored, that is a thing I could do. There, there is no intrinsic, yeah. you know, progression through through the thing. If as long as I'm prepared to make up my own adventures, so it, it's not just a campaign pack. Yeah, uh, but yeah, at the, the same time, it's not a it's not a full. What I think, okay, so uh, all right, yeah, things it's like the, mount, the things like the Mountain Witch exist, which is an RPG designed for a specific adventure. Yeah, 
that I, I can't say that isn't an RPG, but let, let's call it a full RPG, something, something that encourages you to make up your own stuff without yeah. limit. I don't think it's really quite that either. It's an interesting hybrid there. Hmm. I, I, we're, we're sort of praising with faint dams here. Um, I, 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 th- I, I think I would love to, 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 to see it done. I might even want to take part in it, but I'm not sure I could run it, and I'm fairly sure I couldn't sell it to um, to anybody to um, make them uh, uh, make them want to do this thing. And it feels like a, a big commitment to play all the way through all four. Mm. Um, Partic- but- particularly, I mean, even even if you just used the the adventure shapes you, you've got you've got here and expanded mm. those to full length. You'd have what six, seven-ish adventures in each setting, something. I, like th- that. I was thinking. I was thinking. It, I, th- I was thinking it wouldn't stretch more than four, maybe five. But I, yeah, so, something, something of that order. Even yeah. before you start making up your own adventures as well, which obviously you're encouraged yeah. to do. I'm saying four or five is the is the is about the length I'd want to stretch each little vignette campaign too i don't i don't think they've got huge amounts of depth to uh, to them uh without moving on to the next thing uh, i could be perhaps i all right, all right i i haven't tried running it yet i i like the idea that any any one of any one of these four should be potentially stretched yeah. as long as the players enjoy it hmm and and I think one could, but obviously one would have to do, start doing a lot of digging and research on one's own, um, mm. or, or in the case of some of the settings, making things up. Yeah, one other thing I'm going to mention, purely condemnatory, <laughs> is the uh, is the uh, Yellow King the, the the book, the supplementary book they provide they've they've sold me uh, for the uh, Paris setting, Absinthe in Carcosa. This is a uh, found art thing. It's supposed to be a scrapbook from a, an artist in 1895 Paris, which trickles onto into the Carcosan um, universe and provides clues and might want to trigger more stuff from your players. The only problem is I can't read the damn thing. <laughs> the, the text is on... Is, 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 is crabbed and uh, and unreadable on an unreadable background, and I, I stared at it for a few moments, tried to figure out what was going on, and then then shut it forever. I'm afraid uh, it's it's not at all. Um, it doesn't work as well as as the found stuff like the uh, the annotated Dracula or uh, or the stuff in the uh, I can't remember which one it was the. The Trail of Cthulhu one, where you where this message is coming back back in time. Can't remember the name of it. Were you reading White Dwarf when they got a new layout person sometime in the early to mid eighties, and all of a sudden stuff was being printed in black on a grey background or a grey stripy with red background? It is a it is a fault that uh, that large numbers of RPG publishers seem to have made at some point in their uh, in in their careers. And you'd think they'd know by now, but they don't. <laughs> yeah, one one thing I do do quite like is um, take take the fourth one. That this is normal now. Yeah. Um, you've you've got 
yeah, people have reached accommodation with monster attacks, and there's a lot of stuff to support that. Um, yeah, the the way yeah, people get attacked by a monster, and the, and the police and the army respond, and the monster rampages much more. Whereas if you leave it alone, it goes away. Yeah, and that 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 potentially has some interesting things to say about the nature of collaboration. It doesn't give the PCs a choice in the matter because they're going to be fighting them. But yeah. There are ideas. I mean, you know, the king is gone, but the witches are still here, and the cultists and the monsters and regular folks just trying not to notice. Yeah, but the king's and uh, the king is uh, was never here, and there's nothing here. Move along, please. Move along. Um, all right. Uh, if anybody else has had a different experience with this, then do le- let us know. If anybody def- feels like running it and and is actually prepared to do the frankly intimidating amount of work it would take to run it well, I'm interested. <laughs> Yeah. On to the next thing. I'm actually getting some uh, playing in, as, as opposed to GMing, at the moment. And it is bringing back to my consciousness um, what may be a bad habit, or even a sin, of mine. Which is, I like to play the person... My self-image um, is tied up in this. I like to play the person who is the uh, voice of reason sanity and not committing crime in the room the person who says that um perhaps we really ought not to do that just yet or perhaps we ought to wait uh, for evidence before we slaughter them um the person who says no i'm not allowed to kill innocents and they might be innocent let me just check with my god i'm playing a, a paladin in my um in my dungeon world uh, game and uh, and being the awkward sod with amongst the bunch of murder hobos <laughs> uh, i uh well there, there's also also the the priest of the healing god but he's a bit pathetic as well in his own way um and i i'm playing the i'm playing the one vampire in our vampire trio in vampire the masquerade who is trying to hang on by his fingernails um uh, to some humanity. Um, now, I, I, I disagree. Speaking, speaking as the player of one of the other vampires. Well, it's true that you are a Catholic um, <laughs> and you do still go to confession. How are you managing that? I have no idea. It, it, it's quite carefully <laughs> described. But no, the, the point is um, my, my character there think, thinks he's trying to hold on to humanity but, but he, he's doing it by trying to become the crime boss of the city. Yes, um, which you know, uh, is, is essentially a doomed endeavour, and and both the GM and I accept this. Um, it, it, uh, it may succeed in terms of being the crime boss, but it will certainly not get him any humanity back. Yeah, um, his uh, uh, our, our, our third comrade is uh, is the one who is deliberately sacrificing his humanity to you know get useful things like ghouls and uh, and to and to and to diabolize, diabolize, however you pronounce that. Diabolarized. Oh, suck, suck, rah, gurgle. I think it goes. Uh, uh, a higher ranking uh, vampire that we happen to have captured. 
Um, and I'm the awkward one who says, says, just just a moment. Do you think we could do this a little more gently? Aren't there aren't there considerations of standard about bystanders to be taken into account? Um, and and really, we should try and maintain the masquerade a bit more than we're actually doing. And I, it strikes me that this is sometimes interpreted, might reasonably be interpreted as being the awkward sod. Yeah, I, perhaps we should have another example in, in the Firefly game. Uh, your your character is the one who may, may not be completely enthusiastic about the Alliance, but at least be, believes that having law and order is a good thing, and the Alliance seems to be the source of law and order, so, let, so let's at least yeah, she, she, try she, to... Her, her main her main problem is that she's the captain and nobody wants to pay any attention to her <laughs> just because just because she owns the ship why should why should the pilot go to the bridge when she says that the pilot should go to the bridge <laughs> I, and I will point out that we would have not that that shootout would have been a lot more under our control if <laughs> if we'd been able to take off at that moment in time but nobody <laughs> pays any attention to her. I, th I suspect she, like like Morris the Vampire, she's one of those who, if pushed, will get all bloody and unpleasant, um, and uh, and she really wishes she'd shot patients. <laughs> all right. So having moral standards, having a thing that you care about, and nobody else in the group seems to, um, or at least the characters are they're playing should logically. Um, be a little more loose with these things than you are. This is an awkward, um, an awkward position to find myself in. Well, it's not so much am I the baddie as in am I the goodie and will they kill me? I think it, some of this is a matter of um, pl player versus character uh, mm. opinion. And thinking, thinking of Firefly, for example, Traveller always had lots of arguing among the crew as to what, what should be done sure, next, yeah. and. Um, Firefly, I also think, traces his lineage to Blake 7, which had lots of arguing among the crew. That's well, the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and sometimes shooting. Uh, but the, the thing is, as, as long, I think as long as the players are aware that, yeah. that, that, that this is the sort of thing. I mean, it, it, as long as it's fun. Yeah, well, this is, a hard, this is the hard thing for me to, to do. Sometimes I'm having difficulty keeping uh, telling uh, character impatience with me from player impatience with me. Not in our groups because uh, you're all very tolerant of my of my irritating habits, and uh, <laughs> and you manage to uh, uh, and you manage to ignore me anyway. Uh, but uh, uh, but in the uh, but in in the dungeon world. Uh, Game I, and and I have had one person genuinely lo lo over my long role playing career genuinely lose their um, uh, their rag with me because my character wanted to speak truth to power and he felt that was precisely the thing you did not do in feudal Japan. Then power speaks great big swords to you, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was, I, I thought I was only risking my life, but he felt I was risking his characters as well. <laughs> So, how far is there? Is there? Is there? Uh, I, I, I'm mostly saying this to, to this to, to, to bitch at, at my um, uh, at my misfortune at being the sort of player who does this sort of thing. How far? How do you judge? How far? Uh, uh, is there? Is there a point at which you should definitely pull back um, in, in in insisting? Well, reading the room is obviously 
one way yeah. of doing this. Um, which is a, which is trickier over, over the video conference. But, but I think, you know, I think the only practical way to do this, uh, the on, only reliable way is just to have an out of character conversation saying, yeah, yes, you know, this is the character I'm playing. If you guys find it stopping being fun, then, yeah. then let me know in some explicit way that is separate from our characters argue. Yeah, I think so. I, I've not done this because uh, I know what will happen. They'll go, all, oh, no, no, Mike, everything's fine. Don't, don't worry. They'll <laughs> lie to me. They're British. They're, they are too. They are. They are polite in this. Uh, yes, I've, I've, I've certainly had that problem. I've, I've, as a GM, I've had players say, "Yes, yes, I'm entirely happy with the campaign," until the point where they say, oh, "I just don't really like it. Not, not coming anymore." So, yeah, um, yeah. They, we don't like to make a fuss. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's a bad thing. But, but I can't. I can't really see any other way of doing it. I think mm. is what I'm getting at. And yet, yes, this is going to be awkward, an awkward and embarrassing thing to do. Yeah, but I can't really see any other way of distinguishing. Mm. My, I I say in character, I'm I am fed up with you always always wanting to do the right thing. From either player, I'm fed up with you playing characters who always want to do the right thing, and those are two separate things. Yeah, um, I I I I feel I should go around um, putting that into my into my player profile if I have if I have. A chance to join a new group. Warning: will will tend to be a bit of a prig. <laughs> uh, I, I I honestly I honestly feel that it makes for a more interesting game if you don't resort to the most violent and illegal thing you can possibly do first time ever. Well, I but, I think it's interesting to have a diversity of opinions and approaches. Yeah, uh, e- even if you were all committed lawbreakers. You, you've got you. You I'm looking back at Blake Seven. You, you, you've got the one, who, the one who wants to be sneaky and that nobody notices they were there. The one who wants to make a grand political gesture out of it. Yeah, and, and the one and who so wants on. to be rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the uh, in my uh, Dungeon World game, there, there's the Ugrath uh, the unwashed the the, uh, the the fighter. He said it only applies to uh, to his armor, but uh, but uh, but we all suspect. Um, that he's not that enthusiastic about bathing himself. There's the uh, there's the barbarian Gan, who is 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 doing a, a great deal, having a great deal of fun, doing the I am unfamiliar with your civilized ways bit. <laughs> and uh, there's the there's the wizard who is going around poking things and finding out interesting stuff. The priest who suffers a lot, and me, and and that's at least there that that's at least three or four power groups. Some of which only have one person in it. But they are all splitters. Uh, yeah, but it, it, I think it's interesting. But I, I, I worry that I may may have um, screwed thing uh, things up for other people, because other people want to want to whip out their their magical weapons and lay about them uh, with more with uh, much more quickly than I, than I want to call upon my god for his aid and uh, and and jump right in. And slaughter the evil bastards mm-hmm. allowed, you know. Once I've established their evil, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I th- yeah, yeah. I think scruples are a difficult subject. Um, scruples are things that make friends uh, stop being friends um, in the real world. Mm. 
and uh, and possibly in the makeup made up worlds as well. You need a, a strong. If you're going to have players who are at odds with each other, you need a strong binding player characters who are at odds with each other. You need a strong binding definition of the group um, to override yeah. it and keep things working. I'm not sure you get that with a bunch of wandering adventurers. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think you, you need a diegetic reason. Um that we don't just that I don't just ride out into into the sunset. Why 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 are they staying together as a party other than because the group is playing together? Yeah, yeah, I think, an, an in universe reason. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, Roger in your Genesis Firefly game. I'm gonna need a reason to not throw these bums off my ship. They're usefully fighty. Uh, well, no, I, I think I think I need I need, I need more than that. I, I, I think she's going to come around to the idea that you need fighty people um, here on the fringe, but uh, she, she needs to be convinced that she needs these fighty people. <laughs> uh, they, they must be out here, ten a dozen. I mean, people who actually listen to orders. There must be some somewhere. <laughs> oh, I, th I think that's unfair. They they listened quite carefully to your orders and then they ignored them. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that I, I, I'm not criticising their comprehension skills. All right. <laughs> um, well, is it, it apart from noting that it is my duty to make sure that other people are still having fun when I play like this? Is it? Um, there are games I won't play, um, or which I, I, I'm resistant to playing because they don't have any um, ethical element to them um uh i'm gonna have trouble with uh, blades in the dark which is what my wednesday night group wants to do next um because yeah it's all villains all the time yes but it, is it is it not I, mean, I i haven't played it but i but i get the impression that it could effectively be something like oh um the tv show leverage you know we we, we are criminals but we're going up against up against really bad guys no, everybody's bad here. Oh, fair enough. You're in, a, you're in a doomed city of eternal night, and you're making things even worse for people by going around and robbing them and trading illicit goods. And there are no nice people in the city, as far as I can tell. Mm. So I, I'm just going to have to be um, cunning. And I'm going to get, get what pleasure I can out of being cunning and powerful, which is not my, my normal uh, source, of, source of pleasure. I, I apparently I, I I think that I'm I, I maybe maybe my subconscious thinks that I'm powerful enough already. I just want to be right, and that is is my 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 fantasy role playing target. <laughs> uh, yeah. do, you, do you do you find yourself being at odds with your with the other players on a frequent basis, or do you just jump hmm. in with both feet? It it varies. I I probably have a wider range of personalities. I'm quite happy to jump into playing yeah though there are certain attractors that i tend to return to um Which are? can you say state them? see so, so somebody who who does a particular technical thing and is the only person in the party who does that particular technical thing is, is a role i tend to wander into oh well yeah no acting required um I, I, I've certainly played characters with codes of honour. I do do that, do that quite often. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say every character I play has that, and sometimes go in quite different directions. 
Um, well, a, a thing I always say Go on. Is, is that anybody sane is the good guy in their own narrative. Uh, I know you say it. I'm not sure it's always true. How do you the, how do you sleep at night if you don't think of yourself as the good guy? Um, you think of yourself as the right guy, as as the guy who's in charge, as the guy who isn't afraid. Um, and uh, that that as, as the guy who's at the top of the tree. Now that is usually a delusion. In the long run, it's always a delusion because you're mortal. But unless you're not. But, this is the uh, point at which I put in a reference to I See the Joker. It's a song. Oh. All right, is it? I'll take your word for it, Gov. Do you think Mirik has a, your vampire Mirik has a code of honour? Yes, absolutely. Which is? It is It is very important. Well, bear in mind, he's, he's starting as, as a leg breaker for other criminals, basically. Yeah. And it is very important to him uh, that his targets for that, and he's pretty. he was pretty good at it even before he became a vampire, Yes. Should be themselves other criminals, um, or at least okay. He, he's a little bit or flexible least, about that, but you know, you 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 took a loan from the wrong guy, and now you can't pay it back. That's fair enough because you hmm. took the loan, even if you were desperate at the time. But but what yeah. he, what he, what he wouldn't do, for example, is uh, throw his weight around in a pub because he's the big man and nobody can nobody can touch him. And then get into yeah. a fight about that because that, that's that's not that's not it is that would count as involving innocence. Yeah, it, it, it's a twisted code of ethics. I agree, but as far as he is concerned, it's a code of ethics that makes sense. Hmm. And yeah. what, what, one of the one of the bits of oh, okay, this is a vampire campaign. I assume yeah. that we want a certain amount of internal conflict and self doubt and so on, and that, that that is a source of tension for him because obviously, if he thinks about it honestly, he knows that this isn't really working. Yeah, um, uh, uh, he's. Uh, I I felt bad when we handed the accidentally created vampire back to his um, his his sire and his, well, rather to his sire's clan um, to be uh, to be dealt with. And I I felt really rather bad bad about doing that, but I didn't see any way we could do do anything else and yeah. keep the in the city. And as, as far as Mirit was concerned, that, that's a fellow countryman who's had something bad happen to him. We should be yeah. able to do something better than destroy him, but we couldn't. And and he, he would regard that as a failure. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't think Billy was at all worried about it. He felt, you know, we, we'd sorted <laughs> out a mess and uh, nobody else was going to get accidentally turned into a vampire and it wasn't our fault in the first place. Ah, uh, well, goths, you know. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, some of my best friends are goths. Um. Yeah, so they'll be writing to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the difficulties of being the, the, the only one who sees the problem um, are, are myriad. And um, I, th I think it would be nice if I could have just once a bunch of fellow player characters who agreed with me uh, but I don't think that that's. I seem to put myself in a position where that doesn't happen. Well, if if the tension's happening a lot, then perhaps it's a question of uh, the 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 campaign blurb or the initial assumptions. It's probably my universal assumptions that being a villain isn't fun. 
that gets me into in, in, into difficulties. So certainly, I, I've, I think some of the enduring popularity of the D&D-type dungeon bash is that it is a power fantasy, as mm. in nobody can tell you what to do. To me, yeah. one of the things I like to stack on top of that is I can tell me what to do. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I can say th- this is this is my code, and you can't force me to break it. But yeah, that that's clearly not a thing for everybody. Yeah, some a uh, character who will do anything is is um he has no no backbone, no no definition to him, and I I I tend to assume that a moral code. Is more interesting than a, a, as a as a character definer than a than a uh, than a mental flaw. Um, though, though I've known players who've had uh, a great a great time playing a character who is basically a coward who is being forced into um, into doing things which are bold, brave, and dangerous. Well, looked at in one technical way, a moral code is a mental flaw, as in it is a thing that puts restrictions on your actions. One you, other than your physical capabilities, but one you've put on, pulled on, uh, put on yourself, perhaps, and, and you have to. Well, so some people will just be brought up believing something and and have it because that's what you've brought up to believe. I think you still have to. Uh, I think you still have to pick it pick it up and put it on every morning. Um, I think I think maybe that's maybe that's my own internal narrative bleeding through. Well, um, having having poked around in moral philosophy, let's go on and try and be creative. Friend of the podcast, member of my Wednesday night group, and general pest, Graham Arnold who's been listening to, uh, to this and listening to me talking about doing something whilst the coronavirus is, is amongst us, maybe after, about uh, doing a play-by-post campaign. Doing something mm-hmm. where people um, write what they're doing into a forum according to no fixed schedule, but on, on a regular basis. And the GM adjudicates that and moves the narrative forward and other people make their contributions, and things generally happen on a slow but a definite pace. Um, and having he having called me on this, um, I finally resolved to get something together and to run an Ask Magica campaign. Now, Yay. yeah, all right, that's you and Graham as two boys. <laughs> I'm going to come to the point about uh, about maximum possible uh, number of players. In a bit, uh, but uh, so so those of you who feel a sudden birth of enthusiasm, by all means, write. But we may have a, a full roster by the time you hear this. Um, so I want to talk briefly about considerations of how to do this and possible traps that I might fall into um, setting it up and running it. Um, I, we may well come back to this and uh, make make a progress report later. But let's. Uh, Let's start with considering the um, the basics. The game is Ars Magica, which is a game about wizards in medieval Europe. Question mark there, because maybe not medieval Europe. But that's the default. 
but that's the but that's the default in 1220 somewhere in europe there is a community of wizards belonging to a wider organization or nest of organizations um who are living slightly away from the uh, mundanes and trying to do the things that wizards are interested in becoming more powerful magically learning new things surviving the secrets of the universe Yes, yes. Uh, trying not to destroy the universe in the process. Uh, and there's, it's a, I've got a whole shelf of fifth edition magic, Ask Magicka stuff, um, supplemented by a few books from earlier editions. And I want to finally give it another try. Um, it's a game which happens at a number of different levels. By default, there are four seasons in a year. And each season has an adventure, a thing that happens in it. Oh, Much very, very Pendragon. Very, I was going to say very, very Pendragon, but it's slightly slower. Um, and um, and most wizards, most of the time, are spending their time in uh, in their laboratories, learning new spells, building magical devices, discovering the secrets of the universe, training their apprentices, um, and. Uh, and uh, uh, but each season, probably at most one wizard is turfed out of his lab and told, "Go do this thing," mm -hmm. uh, by usually by more senior wizards or by the council of the covenant, which is the name of the community. You have to design the covenant and the world around it. You have to run things on several levels, which is why I think this would make a good play by post. Uh, uh, campaign. You can be, you can be resolving what the politics of the of the uh, covenant is, whilst somebody is out there hunting down magical resources, or hunting down bandits who've been preying on the covenant's trade caravans, or uh, negotiating with the nearby baron and explaining to him that no, really, you don't have control over us, and we're not demon worshippers. No. And and then going and explaining the same thing to the church. <laughs> now, um, this strikes me as possible fun. It's a bit specialised um, and requires a certain amount of what I've called uh, model railway enthusiasm. Um, you want to have to want to care about building your character and uh, creating and detailing what they can do and who they are and how they feel about things. I've never run a play-by-forum game that I would consider successful. Uh, what, how, what have you tried? I uh, tried... Let's see. We were looking at Primetime Adventures a while back, and I tried a Reign of Steel one on, on the SJ Games forums. The, the thing that I think the medium needs, especially if you have players in multiple time zones, but to some extent even without that, is players who are sufficiently engaged with the world that they can write several paragraphs yeah. of what my character is up to, what my character is thinking, without having to stop for, hang on a minute, can I just check with the GM that X? Yeah, um, a certain amount. I don't say that familiarity with the world is absolutely required, but it will make life a lot easier. I, I think Although, a, a uh, willingness uh, to be uh, engaged. Uh, yeah. Uh, being able, to, uh, be able to, to, to come out with stuff that will move the story along and to, but also to recognise the point at which you you get to say, this is what I want to try. This is what I want to try. 
this is what I want to try if that doesn't work, and then hand it over to the GM. Mm. I think you have to be, and I think I should probably write that into my guidelines. Know when to uh, know when to stop and hand it over. I I, I don't know the system particularly, uh, but I, but I think you you would want to have mul- multiple levels of stuff going um, of of fallbacks simply oh, because yeah. it. Yeah, let, let, let's say you know, I I am. Um, posting during the day and you are posting during the evening or whatever then e- each turnaround can take 24 hours and the, and the fewer turnarounds we have the faster the narrative yeah. will progress yeah um, um, I, I, I find this even with even with play by four and board games it's much easier to run flam rouge where you have one t- one decision to make per round and every player can make it simultaneously than it is to run robo rally where you have multiple decisions and sometimes you want to see what somebody else has done before you do your thing I'm gonna. I, I I can see why it would be easier to start several threads of events going, um, but uh, and, and several mini stories. You can you can have uh, people uh, playing the, uh, the guards from the Covenant, uh, the the mundane soldiers, the Grogs. As yeah. they're called. Well, wasn't the original format? One player plays their mage, and other players play. You know. Bodyguards, hangers-on, specialists. Yeah, well, there are, there are three levels of, uh, um, and that will be what the format, the normal format for um, for adventures and missions will be: one mage, one or more companions. The companions are the next level down. They're they're the uh, they're they're the people who hang around, the knights, the clerics, the uh, the mi- the minor hedge magicians. Who hang around the Covenant and are friends and associates with the Magi. The, the the Magi and the Companions are personal characters. The Grogs, the soldiers, so the soldiers and servants, the Grogs are pool characters. Oh, Anybody okay. can pick them up and and, and play them um, and get them killed um, or get them involved in in complicated things above above their uh, pay grade. Uh, which is a, a thing that ought to happen to grogs with a great frequency, <laughs> but I, d- I don't. Th- I don't. I think that um, anybody who uh, who who wants to be doing something at that particular moment should have a, the privilege of a of of a prompt reply and a chance to go on. But and on the other hand, I don't want to get people to get whole seasons ahead of other people. Mm. So. Um, well, so, yeah, the, the, this is a, a setting I think that that is going to encourage you to desynchronize a bit because you you can say, okay, so for, for a while I'm just going to be sitting in a, sitting in my library doing research. Yeah, but this isn't a detailed thing. Uh, you're going to get to make one or two uh, rolls to. Yeah, but, do but, but what I mean is, I'm not going to come out of that unless either something goes horribly wrong and interrupts, or yeah. I get to the end of it in three years' time. Yeah, well, the uh, that's the uh, the assumption of the of the background that is that people are going to want to do that, um, but and on the other hand, uh, there there's a, a requirement that each major us do at least one season a year's duty. Um, mm. or I, I think that's that's canon, and I think I'm going to enforce it. They do one season a year's duty, which might be. Sitting in a laboratory doing something for for the rest of them, or it might be going out and uh, leading a bunch of fractious grogs and a couple of companions uh, on a mission. 
Now, look, looking at the uh, format, uh, some, something that I've seen a lot of games profit from is having at least two threads, one of which is for um, meta, meta, meta discussion, you know, yeah. how, how does this rule work, uh, what do we know about this or whatever, and one of which is for the in-game, not, not necessarily in character, uh, but the, the immediate situation. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that's what, one of the things I'm going to do. I'm looking at the expense of uh, getting a, an Obsidian Portal account. My, my dear chap, you're entirely welcome to, to do stuff on tekeli.ly. I'll give you a category. <sighs> I have to figure things. Ah, all right. Okay. Um, forums. Um, well, it's wiki. Uh, it's wiki stuff as well. Yeah, you can do that on there too. You, all can, right. you, you can turn a post into a wiki that anybody can edit. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to read manuals. He not said. really. It's it's not. It's really not that bad. Um, <laughs> honest. Uh, honest. All right. Um, in that case, I will think about that. Um, uh, one, one thing I, I, I would suggest. It occurs to me that having a thread for each character, uh, which would be that character's history and the things they have done and their development, might be a might be a good thing. And, and you. you you, you could, I think, plausibly have one that is basically the housekeeping of the Covenant. Yeah. You know, all, all the stuff that, that's at that level. You know, not, I, don't, I don't know how much of this there is in the game. But you know, not, not the, all right, I am now going to go and talk to the bishop, because that's obviously a personal thing to do. But the, the more general, uh, here are the points that we spent on library, and here, here, here are how many rooms we have and what they're like, and that sort of thing that does not necessarily that's get to come out an adventure. The the Covenant is definitely a character. There is a fifth edition system for a modeling the the Covenant, and I'll probably use it. Um, one of the things that is striking me as as a difficulty is that um, is that uh, that the character generation is complex enough that I'm going to want to use uh, a piece of software to uh, uh, to build characters, but I don't think I can require that of other people. There is there is a a charge end and it's it's finicky and it's strange and it's slightly expensive, so I'm not I'm not going to require people use it, but uh, I'm going I'm going to be using it to track characters well, and the uh, and the covenant too. Presumably, what what you can do is what what I do with GURPS characters, which is not not all not all of my players have or use GCA, but I yeah. I enter their characters into GCA. Uh, I can then provide them with character sheets in a standard format, but more to the point, I, I could use those same files to generate my GM cheat sheet. Yeah, that, well, that, that's the thing I'm going, I'm going to have to do. Uh, I had a whole list of things to do, but you, uh, but but by by your generous offer, you you whacked some of them out of my brain. Sorry, that's all right. <laughs> You're allowed. Um, I'm going to post on uh, the. Uh, Ask Magica forums in um, on Atlas Games, and I'm probably going to post on uh, on uh, Takeri Lee as well for players. I'm going to offer them the choice of settings, both in the default Ask Magica world. I've got at least two uh, two places where I could plunk down the Covenant, and uh, and maybe in a parallel universe. Type thing, but I don't expect. 
I expect people to say, no, let's play in the in the default in the default world. I'm not quite sure how much I'm having difficulty making my own mind up. And I'm not sure how much how much choice I could offer that might paralyze people. Well, I, I have my points of difference with Ken Height, but I do very much agree with him that, that, that the um, weirdnesses you get from the real world are so much more fun and less plausible than the ones you can get away with making up. Well, all right, you make a very good you make a very good point. Of course, we're going to be making it out of the medieval paradigm, and uh, if I have to use Aristotelian physics, I may have to hit something. But, <laughs> um, it makes no damn. Well, all right, perhaps it made sense to Aristotle. One has to assume that, and um, and, and we're going to be making out of ah, out of medieval philosophy. Of and course. The the world, the world is imperfect, but the world is perfectible. One of the ways you can tell that the world has become perfect is that it will be a platonic solid. The world is not a D20, Roger. <laughs> but it will be. One day! One day! <laughs> oh, dear. There's there's a whole campaign, um, there's a whole book about of campaigns uh, called Dies Irae, in which... Um, in which uh, in which depicts the various ends of the of of the world of mythic Europe, and one of them is a bunch of magi trying to reach the moon and shattering the crystal spheres. So don't <laughs> get too damned ambitious. <laughs> but uh, where was I? Oh, and the other thing is going to be made out of is European folklore and history. If mm. we if we if we use it. Uh, I'm, I, all right. So let 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 let's for the moment let me eliminate my tendency to want to rewrite the entire background and and put uh, multiple pantheons of gods in because you know it would be fun. And uh, but let <laughs> let me try and persuade myself that having only run one one uh, online campaign uh, once, um, I need to start up slow. One of the good things about this is that I'm going to have. Plenty of time to look up rules questions and figure things out. There is a certain amount of obtuseness in some of the sections of the rule book of the core rule book. So, well, I I think the only ones that that cause my eyes to bleed slightly is the combat section and uh, and the and the enchanting items section, which uh, eventually I think I figured out what they were saying. But I'm not quite sure how you managed to create um, some of the more spectacular magical uh, devices. I think you spend a lot of money. Uh, may well, may well be the answer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, start start small. As as players uh, players are newly newly qualified magi in a covenant where there are more senior magi to uh, uh, to bully them. And guide them, and uh, and make them uh, make them do things, and advise them how to how to do things, and get them involved in their political messes, if they even if they don't want to be involved in their own. If you do that, it will be the last thing you do. I don't mean this as a threat. This is an ontological hazard. <laughs> if you do that, that may be the last thing the universe does. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite conceivable uh, in this the, the universe, the main, uh, but that's where I keep all my stuff. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I have a pocket one over here, <laughs> and that's also possible. It, 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 the Magi are supposed to be ludicrously powerful and powerfully ludicrous. Um, there, there are bits in the Code of Hermes which 
you know, you know, no, no, the the U.S. judge who said um, the Constitution is not is not a suicide pact. The people mm. who wrote the Code of Hermes had never heard that. <laughs> um, and and you've got a bunch of people who whose entire lives rest on obsessive attention to detail and creative interpretation of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doomed. Uh, Doomed. <laughs> Oh well, we may have fun on the on, on the way to the the collapse of everything. <laughs> um, I, I want to give it a try and see and see how it runs. I, um, I, I if you if you say a a section on on uh, the Kelly Lee works, then well, we I'll... we can talk about it, and you you tell me what you want, and I'll tell you what we can do. Okay, we'll see we'll see what we can do then. Well, well, this is this has been a a a, fir, a firm and clear statement of Michael's good intentions. There will be at least one mention of this campaign at some point, yeah. Even if it's uh, in a year's time, looking at the smouldering ruins and saying, "What went wrong, man?" Uh, well, it, it might, it could work, but it's got to work. I, I no, don't say that, Michael. You might doom yourself. <laughs> um, it, it might work. It might possibly work better than the prime time direct prime time adventures thing did. In, in as much as I might, we might actually get something posted and, and started, but mm-hmm. we can, but we can, but hope. Uh, you heard it here first, presumably. Um, so uh, give uh, uh, give us some time and see what happens. If you want to tell us about your mighty but doomed campaigns, um, especially if you want to tell me what not to do in an Ask Magica campaign, I'd be really very grateful about that. Um, then uh, you can contact us at... Uh, leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly. I'll be back uh, next time to uh, discuss yet more universe-shaking matters if we haven't destroyed the universe in the meantime. Got a backup, it's okay. Be fine. Somewhere. I, I, it's in the flat somewhere, the backup.